0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Very pleased to be joined by Steve Keener, old friend. Big week, big couple of weeks coming up. Steve, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us.
1: Hey Steve. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's always a uh, pleasure to talk to you around this time of year.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so uh, the field is there. I mean, you know, it's set. Yep. What's it, what's intriguing to you about it? What what makes it exciting? What makes it fresh for you?
1: Well, you, you know, Steve, what makes it fresh is what it has done for the last seventy six years. That's kids. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the, the kids don't change a lot. A lot of things change and whether it's good or bad. But the, the one thing that stays constant is, uh, you know, 11- and 12-year-old kids that are excited and uh, playing baseball and, and having fun and, you know, meeting kids from all over all corners of the world. Uh, that, that's really what gets, you know, every year I, I, I kind of get renewed energy by just watching them. And But uh, well, we do have, a, do have a few new things this year. Uh, yeah. May or may not be aware, uh, this is the first year we have a, a team representing Cuba. In the in the World Series,
0: I was I was about to talk to you about that because I yeah. remember when Uganda got there, yeah, and I did a game over at the Cutters and the fans gave the team from Uganda a standing ovation. It was great <laughs> having a team from Cuba there is tremendous.
1: Yeah, they're uh, uh, they, they, they're a great bunch of kids. Their coaches are terrific. Uh, you know, we've had a. Uh, a relationship with the Cuban Baseball Federation now for the last uh, four years and uh, so this is the first time we've had them here in Williamsport but uh, really looking forward to having I mean you know anybody that kind of follows baseball at all knows what a passion the, the Cubans have for the sport and it was really the only Caribbean island that we didn't have any affiliation in and uh, so very happy to happy to have that in fact one little kind of news note about the team which is kind of neat um there's uh one of the youngest players on their team is a young boy named Alfredo Despange. And uh Alfredo's father has been on the Cuban national team for seventeen years. He's a designated hitter on the team. And I, I actually had a chance to meet him in Miami at the World Baseball Classic. And uh and he told me he was more nervous for his son coming to play in Williamsport (laughs) than he he was facing the U.S. team in the semifinals of the WBC (laughs) that night. (laughs) So so that'll be fun. It'll it'll be uh, be fun to watch. His dad's over in Japan playing professionally now, so he, he, he won't be able to watch it, but I'm sure he'll be able to see him on television.
0: Steve, what did it take to get the Cuban Little League into the mix because obviously steps have to be taken to do something like that.
1: Yeah, it it uh, it was a lot of work, um, but the, the the good thing about it is is that their youth baseball structure in Cuba very much mirrored what we already do. I mean, for example, they they play on what they call municipal teams, which are their you know throughout the island of Cuba. There's a lot of small towns, and each municipality has its own its own team, and uh, so we we were worked with them to set up a structure to play. Uh, municipal tournaments and then they played a, a provincial tournament and they picked their all-star teams to play in the national tournament. There are 16 provinces in Cuba so they had basically 16 provincial champions that come together and it's that team that wins that tournament which represents Cuba here at the Little League World Series. So there was a there was a pretty good structure already in place and it was just making a few little modifications to it to you know, make sure it was all in compliance with our rules and regulations and they were very happy to do all that really didn't take a whole lot uh to get that done but you know it's uh you know when you also look at the the situation you know politically it was a a little bit of a challenge because in order in order for us to be able you know as i think you may know we 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 provide all the costs for transportation and housing Mm. and everything for for the teams to come and we're, we had to go through a pretty rigorous process with the Treasury Department to get a license from the Office of Foreign Asset Control to be able to do all of this. So that 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 was uh, a lot of a lot of bureaucracy involved, but but we got it done and uh, and we were able to do it. So uh, what I feel really good about is the, the Cuban team is one of twenty teams here, and they're being treated just like everybody else. So uh, very happy about that.
0: Obviously, communication is the sport of baseball that. Binds all the players together. Does League do anything with translators and so forth, or are you relying on translators within the team with some well, of the languages that are spoken?
1: We we really do both. Uh, what we, we when the teams all arrive, we do some things to get them introduced to each other, away from the playing field right away. And it was interesting because I was I was down on the complex yesterday. And the Cuban team and the Australian team were both going down to fields to practice. And they were walking as a team down the hill. And about an hour later, I was kind of it out my office window. I watched watched them walk back up. And instead of walking as a team, all the kids were walking together. Some had their arms around each other. (laughs) And, 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 And then some, through technology, they've got their phones, and they're using, like, Google Translate to talk to each other. And it's just fascinating to watch, and um, and you see a lot of that in the Grove where they stay. That uh, you know the kids from Japan or Taiwan talking to the kids from Mexico or Panama wherever they might be, and they're translating through the the, the translation apps so that they can communicate. And it's just uh, really a wonderful thing. That the the Cuban coach told me when I met with him the other day that he said we came here for two purposes: one to play baseball, and two to make friends. <laughs> so uh, that's what they're doing
0: that That's great. I have said for years that the single best event that ESPN does, ESPN ABC, in terms of how they approach it and how they carry it off is the Little League World Series. Oh, they, thank you. They, they, they do they, they do an exemplary job on it. Now, I'm not going to get into what. I think of some other things they do, but this they're great <laughs> at. yeah, uh, what how do you feel about the partnership with them?
1: Oh very good. We actually just extended it through uh 2030, so we have another 8 year. This is the first year of a new 8 year uh, uh agreement with ESPN and ABC. and and you know, you know that you probably know better than many, you know, how the whole linear television streaming yeah. world is changing almost daily it seems. Uh so there's you know some elements of that that we're getting used to, but what it's what it's done is it's allowed us to reach a a much broader audience through some of their their uh, ESPN Plus streaming platform. And allows us to put more more games on, and particularly for softball and some of our teenage divisions. So, you know, we're, we're able to get more exposure for the program, and you know, give the kids that play at those levels some opportunities to to play and and uh, uh, you know, play in an environment very similar to what we have here in Williamsport. But yeah, we know we're we're uh, we have a very good relationship with them. Um, you know, they, they're, they're great storytellers, and yes. you know, an event like this and with with twenty teams, ten international and. Ten from around the United States, there's plenty of stories to tell, and that's that's really what they do best, and that's how they approach it. Is you know, baseball's sort of the vehicle through which they tell stories of these kids and their families, and where they come from, and and all those kind of things. And I I think that's what makes it compelling to people.
0: How have you felt about the growth of the softball series?
1: Phenomenal. We uh, we've made a commitment over the last number of years to try to elevate our Little League softball program. And uh, I think we're making some strides toward that. Uh, This past year, we were able to have the uh, championship game of the Little League softball World Series televised on ABC actually Mm -hmm. yesterday. And uh, we've entered into a partnership with a professional uh, women's softball program called Athletes Unlimited. And uh, very similar to the MLB Little League Classic game that we play here during the League Baseball World Series, Um, The Athletes Unlimited organization brought their four teams uh, of uh, professional women to uh, Greenville, North Carolina, and played a doubleheader uh, very similar to the Little League Classic here, had their players over at our softball complex interacting with the young ladies playing in our softball world series. It was a phenomenal couple of days. And uh, in fact, one of the the young ladies playing in the AU program is a uh, pitcher from Florida State named Catherine Sandercock. Well, mm-hmm. Catherine ten, 10 years ago played in the Little League Softball World Series out in Portland, Oregon. And uh, so, you know, she was very popular among all the all the girls there that were that were playing. But just all of that has contributed to, to growing the softball program. In fact, next year, 2024, we're, we're going to have a year-long initiative called Girls with Game 50. And we're going to celebrate yeah. uh, 50 years <laughs> since Girls have been able to play little league baseball, and then when the little league softball program started, so it's going to be kind of a year long, uh, year long celebration and promotion of uh, of the females in our program.
0: Uh, I've obviously been doing games between state college and Williamsport, and I've already seen the setup for the Phillies and Nationals game, which is coming up. What has yeah. that? What has the little league, major league baseball, little league connection meant with the teams actually being? out there sliding down the hill. Last year was the Orioles and the Red Sox, and this yeah. year it's the Phillies and the Nationals. What has that meant to the Little Leaguers and also to you in Little League that Major League Baseball has made this kind of commitment?
1: Well, it, first of all, we have a great relationship with Major League Baseball and uh, Commissioner Manfred is one of his mandates was to uh, Kind of get back to promoting the game at the grassroots level, growing the game at the grassroots level, and you know they they realize that the the demographics of baseball fans is getting older, and they they're, they're really you know focused on a youth movement. So anything they could do to you know be have more sort of connective tissue with youth baseball is what drove them to. Kind of create the MLB Little League Classic. What's done for us is just a phenomenal day here in Williamsport on that Sunday, when you know it's kind of from early in the morning till ten o'clock at night on ESPN networks. It's all Little League, Major League baseball, and then you have the interaction of the the Major League guys when they come over here to our. Uh, complex and spend a couple hours with the kids in the World Series. And then when our kids in the World Series go watch them play that evening on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, it just makes for a great atmosphere. And what I have noticed is that the major league guys, we always have some teams to greet them when they get off the buses over here. Their eyes kind of light up when most of them have probably seen this <laughs> on television, but many have never it's been up. here. And they start mm-hmm. walking in here, and, and it's almost like it takes them back to when they were 12. And they want. I'll give you an example. Two years ago, when the Angels were here, Mike Trout was on the injured list and didn't even have to make the trip, but he came anyway. Right. He got off the bus here and said, "I want to do everything." <laughs> he went and sat in the dugout with the <laughs> with the kids during the games. He wanted to go up and see where they play ping pong and they eat, and uh, you know, just and, and and you know, of course, the kids were just enamored with him and Shohei Otani. and and uh, you know, but it, it just such a it just shows you the, I guess there's this connection between. You know the older players and and kids that you have in baseball. That I'm not—I don't know if you have that in a lot of other sports. It's just really noticeable in baseball. Sort of the generational connections of the the game.
0: Hey, you're still kids playing a game. That's right. You're 30. It's it's still its still a kids' game. You're just getting a lot of money for it. And very <laughs> quickly, true. Steve. When the when the fans show up, any differences they'll see, anything they should be aware of before they go? Uh,
1: just just some some real nice improvements to our complex, the physical complex. Okay. We have a new new sort of main entrance. We've streamlined. Uh, Security operations so that there we don't have crowded long lines of people waiting to get in. Uh, we have some new parking arrangements, so I think people are going to notice a much better flow with the you know thousands of people who come and and uh it makes it for an even better experience for all the the fans and the families that are that are here so hey, i have to I have to tell you one one thing too: give it your relationship with Penn state football. I don't know if mm-hmm. you, you may not be aware of this, but on Saturday, August 26th, is when we play mm-hmm. our U.S. championship game here yeah. on ABC. And that is the one game where they actually broadcast the U.S. national anthem live. And this mm-hmm. year, the singer Golden. for Golden Israel, am I, yeah. Akumba, am I saying that right? chumba. Uh, Golden Israel Achumba. 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 Linebacker at Penn State is going to come down and and sing the national anthem for us. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. that'll be fun.
0: You'll love it. He does it a cappella.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's terrific. Yeah,
0: Yeah. no, no. Gold, you'll, and you'll love talking with him. He's a great guy. Good. Hey, Steve, thank you so much. It's special what you guys do, and we appreciate what you do.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Steve. Always grateful for uh, your interest in what we're doing, and, uh, I hope you have a great uh, season up at uh, State College as well, okay?
0: You have a great couple weeks coming up as big.
1: (laughs) All right, Thank you.